1: Brought to you by our newest sponsor, our presenting sponsor, Fatty Beer Company, as we announced the pregame show, and as well as Buffalo Go. Uh, I am joined by my co-host Connor Hurley, Gregory Ballack from Ingold Magazine, and of course the one and the only Walt, Sa- as you do better to him as Sabre Metrics from the Charging Buffalo. Guys, 5-2 win for the Sabres, UPL 38 saves, initial reactions i'll start with you all
0: uh i mean definitely was an ugly win but i mean i'll take it uh not a lot of offense from either team in terms of just shots on goal from the Sabers and like really chances from the flyers i don't really think the flyers really got too many dangerous chances a lot of it was broken up but getting that 5-2 win in a game you're not always supposed to win i think is huge for this team and they're at 500 right now after 10 games. And I think that's not an awful spot to be in, uh, still trying to figure things out.
1: Definitely not. I'll kick it over to you, Greg.
3: Yeah, it was anytime you can beat a team when you get outshot that badly, 40 to 15, I think it ended up. I would consider that a goalieing of the opponent. So uh, I guess Sabres fans are probably feeling pretty good about the run that UPL's on right now.
1: Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, coming off a shutout against... You know, arguably the best team in the league in Colorado. Um, and then following up with 38 saves tonight against the bullies from Broad Street. Uh, not so much as big bullies anymore. I mean, they got Nick Delorier, but uh, uh, not as feared as they used to be. Uh, Connor, uh, we'll, we'll end it with you.
2: When's the last time we can all, like, specifically remember a goalie stealing a game for the Sabres? It's It's been a while. Maybe Levi at the end of last year. But I do I think say, that... The sabers as a team were were generally just playing well i think in front of him as well i don't think he had this good of a game as as walt mentioned i i think the high danger chances were at a minimum aside from that two on o save in the third period which was the highest danger chance you could possibly give up and he read it as well as he possibly could have uh sometimes in a 2-0 on we know as goalies like it can be somewhat predictable in terms of when they're gonna pass and i think the Flyers. Definitely could have had a little bit more creativity there, maybe even send that pass back. But credit to him. UPL read it well. Uh, I said after after he made that save, he has all the tools. We've talked about this with him. It's yep. always been the consistency. We There was a reason we were all so excited when the Sabres drafted him and then saw him lead Finland to a World Junior Championship in 2018 and everything he accomplished in the OHL. He's a very talented goalie. Size is not an issue with him. He's got all the tools, but it's always just been putting it together and these past two games. And I would argue even the, in the Senators game where it got away from him at the end of the game, he's played really, really well this season. So I really hope he can keep that up and it's nothing but good news for the Sabres right now.
1: Yeah. Um, I would say the better performance uh, too is definitely is shut out against Colorado. Not because he obviously got the goose. egg. I just thought that, uh, he had were more – I might say bigger saves, but more clutch, uh, timely saves in that game. Uh, and I thought – I mean, but in that second period, he came up huge. Uh, that 2-1-0 save, to your point, Connor, I thought it was uh, pretty horribly executed by, by, uh, by Philly. I thought that they should have spread themselves out a little bit more. Uh, I mean, they were, what, maybe five feet apart from each other when that pass was made. I mean, that was terrible. But, uh, yeah, I, I can – I mean full props to Uko pekka Lukanen, as you would call him six K.
2: six K. There are six Ks in his name for everyone that doesn't know how to spell it. That is yeah. an easy is an easy guide for you moving forward. Two Ks in yeah. the first uh first name, Uko, two K's in the second, uh uh Pekka. <laughs> and then two K's in his last name, Lucanin. Two two Us yeah. too. So good luck.
1: Yeah, I love it. It should. <laughs> yeah, it's
2: way too much, man. <laughs> that 2 on 0 save, though, if I could
3: speak about it just for a second. That was very encouraging for me to see from him because uh, it was a really great read off the rush, first and foremost, which I think uh, is a good sign for him. He had a lot of backwards momentum on that play, which was nice to see. Sometimes he can sit a little deep and get caught, um, but he had a lot of momentum. He almost pushed too far. He kind of caught himself at the end there where he, he almost overslid his target, and that's, to me, a really good sign because for him... Uh, one of the big issues has been reaching for pucks, right? And and it, once a guy that big starts to reach, that's when they open up holes. Well, he was there with the middle of his body ready for that puck, right? He wasn't getting it with the glove or the arm. He was getting it into the chest of his body. So that, to me, that 2 0 yes, it wasn't the greatest 2 0 by the Flyers, but it was a really good read on his end. And I think he surprised himself by how well he got across.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um... To, to your point, too, one of the things that uh, UPL has stated uh, going back to, obviously, a few nights ago with his shutout against Colorado is he's really been uh, high on it, high on himself in terms of his movements and is not uh, his positioning specifically, I think has gotten a lot better. Now, Greg, you were texting me the other night and I, I, t- I actually brought it up on the show and I tend to agree with you. Sometimes he does get a little chaotic. I think you guys would agree. Uh, at least the goalies <laughs> in the room would get it like He gets a little chaotic. He gets, uh, you know, he pushes side to side. almost like he loses himself where he is in the net. Yeah. Uh, we've seen it plenty of times before, but I would say in these, like, even in that last game of the show, you, you sent me that picture. How, do, how does my, how does my, how does our brother end up in, like in this situation? <laughs> and yeah. if it, it's true, he was, it was, he was true, just crumpled over. Yeah. yeah Like, you know, uh, six foot, uh, how, is he six foot five or six foot six? Yeah. Six, five. Six, five. Yeah. So like, how does he end up in that position off a play that he should just been on his post? Really? I mean, yeah.
2: Josh Allen is six five, and then you see him trying to hurdle a defender into the end zone against the Raiders. Like, how does he end up in that position? Sometimes <laughs> a player just has to make a play. You well, I, th- I think
1: when it comes to Josh Allen, he's doing that intentionally. I, know, I don't know I if you is intentionally <laughs> yeah, doing something. But I'm not trying to <laughs> take it with a problem. But like his positioning has been so much better. This year compared to where it was yeah. last year, where like even on wraparounds last year, I was so worried. When every time I saw a guy go going from from side to side to wrap that puck on, it's like, oh, we're in trouble here. UPL is not going to get in position to make that stop. Uh, Definitely a different goaltender this year.
3: And it begins and it ends with his with his head and the way he tracks it with his head. There was a really good shot. I, I'm kind of pissed at myself. I didn't get a quick enough uh, screen capture on it, but they showed a great angle of it on the on the broadcast Uh, Late in the game, about three minutes left, there was a pass across the crease and they didn't actually end up getting a shot away. But there's a really good angle Mm -hmm. of just watching the way uh, UPL tracked it across with his head. And a lot of goalies tend to, uh, when when there's a pass from one spot to the next, they'll jump right to where that pass is going to go and not follow it all the way across. That opens up you a lot for for if there's a deflection or something, it can really cause a lot of issues. He he watched it the whole way. It was a great slow-mo shot and watching it the whole way across and he still beat it there with his body. To me, that's that's probably the most locked in I've seen him play, at least at the NHL level.
1: Yeah, I uh, definitely agree with you there. Um, now, getting away from the goaltending, uh, that first period, I mean, we were talking in our group chat. I thought, you know, hope we all bet the over because they came out hot. Obviously, a, a weird, funky goal off Ukihara. You stick a deflection to the top corner. Uh, and then Buffalo comes roaring back. I mean realistically three goals. I hate the offsides challenge. I think it's stupid. (laughs) Um, but regardless, uh, Carter Hart gets hurt after the second goal. Um, they bring in Earson and I honestly things kind of went to stalemate there in the second period. Just, uh, would have liked to have seen them put together 60 minutes tonight, but I'd say there's a lot, a lot to be happy about from that first and third period.
0: Yeah, I'd say I'd have to agree. I mean, they just had some amazing goals that third period that really kind of show like how much like finishing ability matters at like the NHL level. I mean, we saw a team like Philadelphia today. They've been great like on five on five in terms of like expected goals and whatnot, but it's just that finishing ability that hasn't been there for them this year. And we kind of saw that tonight. And we kind of saw how having guys like Power who step into the rush and having a guy like Tage who could carry the puck up ice and shoot like he can, how that like really matters. So even on the games where you kind of get destroyed at five on five, or you get outshot 40 to 15 or whatever it was, you still have the ability to score goals and win games. I mean, it's not something you're going to want to do for the entirety of the season, but at a single game level, I think that's the ability the Sabres have is just having guys that can score goals like that. And I really think that helped them pull out the win tonight.
2: Yeah, I was I was gonna bring up Tage. Uh, I unfortunately bet his shot prop tonight, which was three at minus like three twenty. I put it with the Sabers win. He had one shot on goal and he scored. Um, I think the game where he had ten shots on goal, he didn't have any points. So that's just equally frustrating. I think I bet on him to get a point that night. I just I can't figure out Tage this season, which is really <laughs> frustrating. Uh, also, thankfully, uh, Brandon Byro, uh, his anytime goal scorer prop was was pretty high tonight, and same with Owen Power. So those came through for me. But I think Tage, without having more than one shot on net, was the best player for the Sabres on the ice tonight. And that shows you how versatile he is. We all know him for his goal scoring, but even the play he made in the corner using his frame to get the puck out to Brandon Byrow in front of the net, who had an amazing bang-in, dirty goal in front of the net, which is what we've talked about over and over, what the Sabres really, really need on this roster. And even the play to set up uh, Owen Power's goal. Carrying the puck through the neutral zone, creating space with with the defender, and getting Owen Power in a position to that he can get off a clean shot off the drop pass. That's really, really important in terms, obviously, from a defenseman's perspective, that gap that they tried to create to get up against the defender so they can prevent prevent that type of thing. He used his leverage really, really well on that play to set up Owen Power, who absolutely ripped that top glove uh, bar down. So – Having that type of finishing ability from your defenseman is obviously really great, but that play was entirely Tage Thompson, and it says a lot about his game, that he could have one shot in a game, and you, you would think that maybe he didn't have the best night, but his playmaking ability and his finishing ability on that, on that one shot in the third to put the game away really, really tells you a lot about how far he's come as a player right now.
1: Yeah, I think he stuck out a lot. Even like, like you said, he had one shot on goal. I tweeted out, like, there was a guy that honestly deserved to score tonight. It was Tage Thompson. He was all over the puck. I he was trying to make plays. We saw uh, two two different scenarios, That especially that spinorama pass on the goal line where he was just trying to get creative just to, you know, make something happen from nothing. Uh, and almost did. I mean, unfortunately, nobody was there to receive the pass. But it was quick thinking on his part. And we've seen that so many times before from him. Uh, he was he was gripping his stick pretty tight. and like, trying to make something happen, uh, and I was really happy to see him finally like get get one past uh, uh, Earson. Um And you heard it—you kind of almost heard him with like a sigh of relief after he scored that goal. Like you, you heard him pretty clearly uh, that it was like a huge relief for him to finally uh, finally score, especially after that Colorado game. Over to you, Greg.
0: Yeah, just
3: uh, watching that play on replay there, the the Tate Thompson move, and just jealous of someone that can have that much size and skill on top of it. Like it's just, uh, you guys have to be so over the moon with what you see in Buffalo. Uh, just having a player like that on your roster, it's it's it makes every game exciting when you have someone with that much skill and game breaking ability, as you mentioned, Connor. With uh, doesn't even have to get a shot on goal to show that ability, and that's just something that special players do. And it's, uh, yeah, just jealous that you guys get to watch him play every night because that was just a wonderful setup on the power goal. Uh,
1: With that win, Buffalo moves to five and five. Uh, Currently one point out of a wild card spot. I did say, because Sabres fans were hitting the panic button pretty early. And and why would we not, right? Why would we not, right? I said, I'm going to give it 10 games. I'm going to give it 10 games, and I want to make my judgments done. Well, we're at the 10 game mark. So
2: five and five.
1: I am as cool as a breeze right now, guys, because you I mean, got big win you got big wins over Ottawa, big win over Colorado, and yet you took the first of a back of a home and home against the Philadelphia Flyers, who any John Tortorella coach team is gonna be so tough to play. Uh they were tonight, even though the score doesn't really show it. Uh the Flyers really had their foot on the gas quite a bit there in that game. I think, you know, at five minutes into the third period, Buffalo was getting out shot twenty-eight to thirteen. Uh, again, UPL stood on his head tonight for the entirety of the game. Um, and, you know, really gets like, you to see your point, Connor, to start the show, um, you know, stole a game for them.
2: I think Sabres fans were, especially given the recent history of this team, well within their right to panic after, especially after that flames game, given the way that, how that flames game went, that was the fourth game of the year, dropped them to one and three. I think that was an inflection point for this team. I really do believe that in terms of the way they were playing and the way they were attacking. Obviously, the offense wasn't there at that point, but the defense was looking pretty good. But it seems that they are now taking advantage of their opportunities. This team is best on the rush. They are best when they can turn defense into offense very quickly, and they've learned how to do that in the past seven games or so. I think, especially after that Flames game, I guess that would make it six games since then, They've deserved to win all six games. They've outplayed their opponent in every single game since that game. And it speaks a lot to the character in the locker room, the coaching from Don Granado, not necessarily Matt Alice or anyone else, uh, as we've discussed. But it speaks to the leadership and everything in that locker room that the, they've been able to largely and fully really respond in six straight games since they dropped to one and three to start the year Uh, with all those expectations, with that tough start against the Rangers at home, they've really responded really well. And the biggest thing, especially when the offense hasn't been as present as it was last season, has been the defense and the goaltending. I think for the most part, aside from a couple games and a couple goals here and there, all three guys, Eric Comrie, Devin Levi and Uko Pekalukkanen have performed admirably this season. And, and, a lot of really tough positions and that's not something the Sabers have been used to in recent years, especially not last season and they missed the playoffs by one point. So if they can keep this up moving forward into the, to the end of the first quarter of the season, I think we now potentially judge them after 20 or eight, 19 or 20 games, right? Cause that would be a quarter of the way through the season. I think you judge them after 10 more games and see where they are. But if they keep this formula up, it's only going to mean good things for this team moving forward.
1: I like this comment from Dylan Baker. Great win for the boys. tonight. got to win different types of games. And this was definitely a different game. 100% agree. Uh, you know, you need your goaltender to come up big. You made timely saves. Uh, you need your, your your stars to perform in certain spots. Tage came through. Uh, you got two goals tonight from Brandon Biro. Uh I love that first goal, too, by the way. That's a goal scorer's goal. Dead first, at the goalie, diving for that puck. I think it was a... Was that a Tage or a was that a Tage pass to Byron it was a front? Tage,
2: tage Thompson pass. Yeah. Yes.
1: Yep. Yep. That was a that was a goal scorer's goal. And then obviously Skinner had one taken away from him, but a, a great goal from Paterka. Um, you know, guy, a guy who's really was like was like was a guy to be like we talked about before this season, he was, like an under the radar type of player. We expected a lot from him, even without Jack Quinn on the other side on the other wing. Um the guy has really you really come through in big spots for for the Sabres this season.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think Paterka, he really held up like his end of the bargain, just keeping up that middle six, I think. I mean, he's been close to a point per game player this year. Uh, He's a guy who's getting better and better each season. I mean, as a prospect, I don't even think anybody imagined he'd turn into this, even his biggest fanatics in his draft year. He's really just added so many dimensions to his game. I mean, he could play make now. He could shoot he's really agile. He's able to enter the zone. He's able to hold the puck back and create after that. So I think uh, having a guy like Paterka have a season like this, I think it's really helping the Sabres just power through this Jack Quinn injury. And the Sabres are a five and five or five and five team right now. They're still learning. They got better defensively. So yeah, I think, I think there's good things ahead. I mean, I'm definitely not too concerned with the rest of the season going forward. I'd rather be like seven and three than five and than five and five, but I I think this team's heading in the right direction.
1: Love uh, this comment from producer Steve UPW. The L belongs to Philly. Uh, Actually, that that song "Trust Falls" that we uh, opened up the show to—that's actually uh, Steve's band, Snake Land. Steve is on drums. Uh, We're gonna be uh, you know graced with his music throughout the season and our intros and outros. So thanks again, Steve. Uh, for that and everything you do for the show. Um, going into Friday, the second of the home-to-home, coming back to Buffalo, Goathead Night. Um, I don't know how we're all going to react to this question, but I'm just going to put it out there. Who starts in goal?
2: You go ahead, Greg, because I have a, a long-winded answer. <laughs> well, if I think if,
3: if Levi's healthy, I'm not sure. He was practicing, I believe, last I heard. I don't know what his, yep, his latest practice if he's healthy, I, I would say, go with him. You don't want to have, uh, you don't want to drive UPL into the ground this early in the season. So I'd, I'd still get him in there if possible, but, uh, yeah, it entirely depends on, on his health status. And, you know, it's funny cause that's one of the reasons that we were talking recently Dwayne was uh, just the, the health status of the goalies on the Sabres yeah. and the fact that the system that the Sabres play seems to feed into a lot of these injuries. And then tonight it's Carter Hart who leaves the game with an injury. It's on the other side. So it's, uh, yeah, you want to keep them healthy. And I think uh, being very cognizant of how, m- how much you play guys in back-to-backs and uh, and just in tough stretches, you want to make sure you spread them out over your goaltenders. And you're seeing the early, uh, the struggles of that, right? With both uh, Comrie and Levi leaving with injuries this early yep.
1: season. I actually wanted to bring that up to, uh, to our conversation there and I, Is they, the goalies are like kind of forced. I mean, granted it's part of the position, but more so in Buffalo, a lot of East West yeah. Uh, for goaltenders, back and forth, high danger chances, um, and does lead to injuries. It, 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 just, do, it just does. Um, Especially I mean, early UPL, in the year,
3: too, right? It's straight out yep. of training camp. Guys aren't stretched out the way they are late in the season. You see it a lot.
1: Yep, yep. And UPL already has the injury history, had double labrum surgery, uh, double hip surgery, I'm sorry, uh, before his NHL career even really began um get was stun as well. the OHL <laughs> yep Comrie as well yeah a lot of goalies a lot of goalies get that 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 surgery almost preemptively before their yeah. careers even start because they almost Comrie's expect. was
3: preemptive he, he was starting yep. to have a few issues but he he got it done he got ahead done. of yep. when he, he really needed
1: it done yeah cuz yeah. uh yeah they get their hips done is what they say mm-hmm. um but yeah i i think the way buffalo plays at least their defensive style or team defense, it forces your goalies to have to come up with big saves like that. And, Mm -hmm. you know, that does lead to injuries, groin injuries, hamstring injuries. You know, I'm not really sure what the extent of that injury was. And we kind of speculate it's probably a groin with the extent how long he was out. Maybe there's, you know, with a groin, you definitely want to be careful, which Buffalo has been. Uh, obviously he got back on the ice for the first time yesterday, but I, I definitely agree uh, with you, Greg, that, uh, from the other night and now it's just, he definitely sees that Buffalo plays a style that really forces a lot more wear and tear mm-hmm. on your goaltender than others.
3: And this do. came to the forefront to me, at least when the Hellebuck rumors came around in the off season and people started asking me, you know, would he be a good fit? What are, you know, what are you thinking about Hellebuck to Buffalo? And you just look at the, the East West movement that like we said that that is allowed in that system. It would just like be a recipe for disaster, I feel like it would yep. throwing hellbuck into that system where East West movement is his weakest point of his game. So uh, mm-hmm. you know, it definitely, like you mentioned, it having that much allowed in the defensive structure of your game, it will wear down your goaltenders. And you know, it's it may not show right away, but over time and by the end of the season, your goalies will feel the, the brunt of that. And even if you have a three goalie rotation, like the savers seem to be running. Uh, it, it can it can wear your goalies down at the end of the year and and even with the three guys like I mentioned.
2: So I guess on the flip side of that, given that Levi is coming off an injury like don't you want to give him as much time as possible like let's say like they they wait until Saturday. I know it's one more day but with UPL playing the way he is, a day of rest in between two games I know it's not a back to back that should be enough for for a kid you want age. to start it you want to start him his
1: first game in Toronto?
2: <laughs> I mean, yeah. You you you, you know you re- you
1: realize you realize he's a coming off an injury. He's a Montreal kid. I'm uh,
2: I'm I'm confident. As, uh, as I'm confident talked, too. I'm confident no, no, too. As, as we've talked about before, like I think this team can play differently based upon the situation. Like given that they're going to go up against a team that is obviously really really strong offensively in Toronto. Like I think they can they can hunker down. And play a little bit more responsibly in front of him. And I think we're all confident throwing Devin Levi into any situation. Like they – and for, for the most part, they play better on the road than they do at home. I know it's a goathead night, and there's some mystical power with that jersey where they become <laughs> a different team, 12-1-1. and But the way UPL is going right now, even the way that he was playing in that third period, like sometimes, especially like with a pitcher or anything else, you ride the hot hand. I think there's a lot of credence to to believe that is a good idea to start him again. On Friday night against the Flyers, he he showed that he can pro- perform against this team tonight. Uh, it seems like he's on this type of role right now that he hasn't been in a really long time. And we've talked about consistency, and a lot of that comes down to confidence. He has that confidence right now. And if you if you bench him in a go you're another go game Friday not, night against the Flyers, you're not
1: you're not benching. No, you're, you're not, not benching. benching anybody. What you're are you are not benching
2: about? him? But like he deserves the opportunity and, he, and he's going to get part. one of the two games you're not going to start understand lead. that but him playing <laughs> friday night and hopefully playing well again then he doesn't have to play saturday night and you put levi in there i don't what, I, my, my I, thing I, is I, like me i don't think it's completely out of the question to start him on friday night
1: i'm not saying you're wrong i'm, I'm also not going to say that you're right i think that and you know, toronto is a much more high more dangerously offensive team um, I think and Then if
2: you, you throw UPL against Toronto and then you have the same set of uh, worries as a team and as a fan base. Well, I, I, I,
1: I just feel more comfortable with a goaltender coming off an injury, uh, especially if we do think it's a groin. Um, I think Philly for me is probably, uh, probably the spot there for Levi. Yeah. Bring it, let him play at home. Let him play yeah, at home. Let right. him get comfortable. And then go go with UPL on go with the UPL on Saturday. Um, as much as I love to see Levi against the Leafs, because I fucking hate the Leafs. You're the um, number one leaf hater. <laughs> I am. I really am. Oh, I can't wait. I cannot wait for for Saturday. Uh, but if I'm if if it's me, I think we go with Levi at Friday UP on Saturday. But I'm fine with either or. I just don't know if to your point, if we're trying to protect the injury. Or if we're not if we're worried about throwing him in cold after so long of not playing, I personally pick Philly over Toronto. I mean this is a much a better discussion
3: than this is a much better discussion than oh god, who do we put in there, right? It's, yeah. it's, <laughs> it's, right. You have two guys yeah. that you can easily make a case for, it makes for a way better conversation.
1: <laughs> how about you, Walt? What's your opinion?
0: I think I just with how Devin Levi is, I almost want him to play that Toronto game just because I think he, he always plays better in higher leverage situations and situations with more pressure. Uh, he, he came to the Sabres team last season. They pretty much told him, like, once he started winning games, that you literally have to win every game from here and out for us to make it to the playoffs. And he put up yeah. an incredible run for the Sabres. I mean, he won that shootout game in Madison Square Garden, just staring down Artemi Panarin, who's one of the greatest shootout guys of all time. I think if you throw him in, Pat Toronto, Kane in that
2: shootout,
1: Pat Kane in that shootout too. Oh yeah.
0: Patrick. He's, Kane, washed, though. he's washed. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> there, be Buffalo Sabre, Patrick Kane.
0: Yeah. I mean, you're talking about Patrick Kane. I think with like that Baxter news, that makes me kind of wonder like yeah. what the market's going to be for Patrick Kane. Cause really nobody's like fully bounced back from that surgery.
2: Yeah, um, just to your point about Levi being a gamer, uh, that's kind of where I stand too. Just that extra day of rest, um, another game on the bench, uh, going through warm-ups, going through getting back in the swing of things of the game day routine. And like Greg said too, like this is a good problem to have. Like This is something that feels really foreign even talking about, like feeling comfortable with two guys no matter the situation in a very important Friday, Saturday, back-to-back. Like The Sabres have not had this luxury in a really, really long time. I can't even remember it in the, in the Miller and the Hashing days because, of course, like Biron was a good backup, but like you never felt as comfortable with Biron as you did Ryan Miller. So, having two young goalies with all of the tools, all of the talent in the world, and hopefully a lot of confidence is what you want until Eric Comrie comes back. And then you potentially have three, which is an even better problem to have because they're relatively young. Obviously, Comrie isn't as much as the other two, but you don't want to run these guys into the ground. I'm just thankful that UPL, as we talk about hip surgeries with Patrick Kane, UPL coming off a double hip surgery, which is sometimes a death sentence for goalies. It seems like he's been relatively healthy since, which is such a better.
1: You better knock on wood right now, bud. Well, I mean,
2: (laughs) superstition. Like I'm not, but no, but like he has been, and like he's played really, really well. Obviously, this season he had his spurts last season, but he's gaining that confidence. He's gaining. Everything we thought he could be, uh, to the point where we discussed uh last last episode, like you want that 1A, 1B situation, but why can that 1A not be Uko it. Why can he not be the go-to guy? Why can he not grab hold of this net? And we all thought it was gonna be Devin Levi after what happened at the end of the year, but isn't it possible that UPL could be the starter for this team? Not necessarily moving forward, but like both guys could be. starter for this team it could be a 1a 1a like i don't i don't know if that logically makes sense i'd I'd just
3: be worried about getting too high on upl right now like we've seen him have stretches like this before not obviously not the nhl level uh, but when he was being scouted in juniors he's he's had you know decent stretches where he's shown it uh, but it's the consistency right and you guys know as people that have watched him most of his career uh, it's putting it together for an entire season's worth of games and and having that you know, managing the highs and lows. So you're not dipping into those, those low stretches. So I'd like to see him do it a little bit more consistently before I'm having the same kind of confidence that you seem to be having in him. Uh, But right now, right now, certainly he's locked in. Right. And and I, and I see the, uh, the, the thought process and wanting to go to him again right away.
1: Yeah. um, To Josh Pecorero's uh, comment, you know, this could be a really nice tandem, uh, depending on 1b, 1a, 1b, um, however, it kind of shakes out. Uh, I mean, Levi, I'm mean, sorry, Levi, uh, UPL did win rookie of the month last year, like he has gone on stretches even yep. at the NHL level. I mean, yes, that ga- game is because that was his first shutout, but there was a string his last season, I forget which month it was, where he was phenomenal. Now, can we continuously get this version of UPL, maybe a more, you know. You're not. You're obviously not going to get this guy every single game. You're just not going to not, especially with this way he plays, the way this team plays defense. We saw it tonight, especially. Can Why? you check that with any goalie? <laughs> yeah, you can't. You really can't. Um, that guy retired like 20 years ago. He's up yeah. there. <laughs> uh, it's literally, uh, literally up there. But um, to that point, I mean, if you could get UPL to be out of every five starts, he's winning two to three. I am so happy with that. So happy with that because we weren't getting that last year. We were lucky if it, down the stretch we saw it and we saw it when Levi started six games in a row. Like they didn't trust him in those must-win situations. So if we're getting three, three out of five or three out of six from UPL for the entire season, sign me up for that all day long because. That, that, to me, tells me this team will be a playoff team.
0: I think with UPL, it's yeah, it's definitely going to come down to consistency. I think we've seen these stretches, like you said before, where he's just been lights out a few games. I think also a few different puck touches by Philadelphia this game, like UPL's game, could be looking a lot differently. So I, I'm really liking what i've seen from him so far i think really all we need to see out of him is just like average goaltending like at the end of the day he started the season as the sabers third goalie so having a guy like this as your third option i feel like is huge
1: mm-hmm.
0: with with levi down with injury with Comrie's out long term so i almost think the plan to roll with three goalies this season with upl losing his uh waiver eligibility i think that's been a really great decision so far I think if you're keeping guys in the press box, it's just like a 14th forward or an eighth defenseman. Why not go with the three goalie model? It seems like a lot of NHL teams with like questionable starter status have gone with that three goalie model this year. And I wouldn't be surprised if more teams continue to go with that three goalie model.
3: Well, ideally I can tell you guys, the the goalies at least within the NHLPA have been really pushing for a third rostered goalie spot on the, on the NHL rosters. But uh, the league has been pushing back big, time on that they would rather go with the e-bug fiasco and all that bs that comes along with it than actually paying a full salary for a player on the roster just to sit in the press box but you can see the benefit of it right you see teams that are running with three goalies anyway why can't you have i think the best example was during the covet season when you had that taxi squad that would be the idea behind it you'd have a third goalie that just kind of hangs with the team veteran guy that just wants to keep playing maybe a fringe ahl nhl guy why can't you have that as a third option for teams and have that as a rostered salaried player spot on the team is beyond me. The NHL is really pushing back against that, but goalies and teams really want that.
1: Yeah. It gives a lot of opportunities for goalies, you know, who are trying to make it into the, into the national hockey league. It's tough, man. It's the toughest position to to go pro in, uh, yeah. in terms of hockey. And it really is even just
3: for you know, load management purposes, right? You need yeah, a, a like,
1: guy now, right? You just, yeah. just need to have a guy. Yeah. Um, your thoughts, Connor?
2: Uh, yeah, I completely agree. I think it's really funny like saying this now because going into the year when the roster was released, I think the, the collective uh, mindset of Sabres fans was, oh my God, we're doing the three goalie thing again. Like, can we just decide on a backup goalie and then just go with it? But I think from a management perspective and also a coaching perspective, I think Mike Bales probably said, yeah, like, These are three relatively unproven guys, and we don't know which one is going to get hot at which time. Obviously they had confidence in all three. And I think that's why they didn't make a move this off season. They didn't make a move at the trade deadline and they haven't made a move yet. It's because they, they all have shown promise, right? But they weren't specifically set on one or two or even all three of them. So it's turning out as, as we all said, to be a really smart decision. Um, transitioning away from the goalie talk is as weird as that sounds on a goalie show. Uh, I think one really, really concerning thing that continues to come up, not too many opportunities tonight, but the power play looks really, really bad. And I think it's lacking creativity. It's lacking the same uh, pizzazz that it had last season. Obviously the, the weapon was getting it over to Tage on the half wall and him firing a 120 mile one timer into the, into the upper 90. And it happened a lot, but It just seems like those opportunities aren't there this season, and teams know that if they keep the Sabres to the outside, pucks aren't getting through, they're getting blocked, there aren't many opportunities for even garbage goals in front of the net. Um, I guess from your guys' perspective, what you've seen, like what can the Sabres do to get that power play back on track?
0: I almost don't even really know what the issue is just because they haven't really seemed to have the same issues last season. Like the power play never really looked – outstanding in terms of puck movement, but it always seemed like Tager or someone else just got free, was able to just rip home a one-timer. I guess we're kind of starting to see like that flaw with basing your entire power play around a guy trying to rip a one-timer. That's really not always a consistent like goal every single time. I mean, obviously Tage has a great shot, but I mean, once teams take away the shooting lane, I feel like this team kind of runs out of ideas a little bit and I, it, it just needs like, just like more innovation. I feel like just with all the talent they have on this roster. I mean, you got Darlene and power on defense. You could even toss both guys on the top unit and still run like a pretty exciting power play with two defensemen and three forwards. So I, I think it's definitely a coaching thing at this point. I really don't think personnel is the issue just because there's so much talent, but I think it's something they do have to figure out if they want to make it to the playoffs this season. And win a playoff series. You really need to figure out that power play. If you're not completely dominating games at five on five.
1: Yeah. That the, I guess the power play is just kind of an anomaly because if you kind of look at the goals for so far this season amongst, I guess the Atlantic division Buffalo, like they're they're still keeping up with the higher scoring teams. I mean, nobody's keeping up with Detroit right now. Yeah, got 40 goals on the 40 goals for in the season far and away leading the division. But I, uh, if they can get that power play figured out, I, I don't know what it's going to take or what's different from last year compared, compared to this year. But I mean, if you can figure that out, man, that scene comes so much more dangerous. And getting Tage going from that spot where last I mean, how many goals did he probably score from that spot last year? Like, honestly, 10, 11, 12, just from just letting it rip from the same spot that Ovechkin does. I, uh, if they can get it going, man, I just, oh. Become so much more of a dynamic uh, team rather than uh, what we've seen so far was which is virtually nothing from that power that first power play unit. Somebody,
2: anybody, <laughs> somebody.
1: I, I'm a lost for words. I'd like, I'd like to hear from
2: an outside perspective, like if you've seen anything that you think could, they could improve.
3: I don't. I haven't seen much of the power play to be honest with you. I. I'm not much of a power play expert. So I'm the last guy you'd probably be asking about that.
2: (laughs) Yeah. and That's the thing. And like in same here, even from a goalie's perspective, like it just seems so predictable. Like, like Walt said, like maybe putting power up there and having it be a two defenseman, three forward rotation. And then you have an equally, or even a little bit more valuable second power play unit as well, just to switch it up a little bit, just right now, like, obviously Darlene is so talented and he's so good at the quarterback position of the power play that it seems like there should be way more options than just sliding it over to Tage. Like having that Skinner as the bumper in the middle or having even Tucker Greenway in front of the net, that big body, that presence to take the goalie's eyes away. It's just they're not even getting shots through. It seems like teams have watched the tape, specifically the Flyers Flyers tonight on two different opportunities, and they kept them to the outside to the point where it just felt – so stagnant there needs to be some type of creativity to to break through because right now like it's absolutely nothing uh on the flip side the penalty kill looks amazing uh putting tage in greenway with their massive wingspans and their 10 foot long sticks getting in passing lanes and being aggressive it's so much better than it was last season. It's actually yin and yang from what the Sabres were last season. A good power play and a bad penalty kill. And now it's one of the best PKs in the league and one of the worst power plays in the league. Everything's upside down.
0: Yeah, I think we really saw that tonight too with like Philadelphia had a similar situation where their power play is just awful and they have a really good penalty kill. So like any power play tonight was just... Extremely bad hockey. And I think that kind of played a role in like how sloppy this game was tonight.
1: I agree. I agree. Uh, we're gonna kick it over to some comments uh from uh the peanut gallery. Uh everybody's favorite uh fan, especially Connors, Mauricio back with a vengeance. Third period flyers dominated lots of high quality scoring chances. UPL saved the night, poor defensive coverage, own and cousins and Thompson joining baking classes turnovers after turnovers. Uh and no punctuation, Mauricio, By the way, <laughs> um, and that we, I mean it's a lot of that, a lot more of him. Uh, I want to see the Sabers play two or three games back to back and dominate and act like a perennial playoff team. Consistency, consistency is not in the Sabers' vocabulary.
2: Well, this is the Sabers' first win streak of the season, so let's just be happy with that, and then we'll build on that. I think, um, obviously, like you want a higher standard, right? Like you want that consistency, as we talk about with UPL, as we talk about with the defense. And the power play and the scoring but like you can't have it all at once. I think this is still a young team trying to figure things out early in the season. as we said, we probably shouldn't have panicked after that flames game but that was a really bad game, especially as as we saw from Levi in the third period and we all got really worried and because the scoring wasn't there to bail them out early on and winning a game like this tonight as as we said like they got dominated for a large part of the second half of the game. outshot I think it, we mentioned 40 to 15 for the most part. Sometimes you got to win games like that, as as Dylan yeah. Baker said. Like, don't sometimes. feel bad about panicking. It's yeah. it's early in the it's, season, but it's I mean, everyone knows how important
3: Buffalo those man. early like starts. are. Panic. Well, no, I I'll say I, this. Speaking as a Canucks person that follows the team on a regular basis, the starts have killed them for the last three or four years, and it, even by American Thanksgiving, you know that's the stat that everybody uses. If you're out of it by then it's over like you're there is zero chance you're coming out of that hole so i get it like it, it's it's hard not to get all uh worked up when it, you have a performance like that early in the season
0: i think i think just a parody in this league now is just crazy too i mean we got the san jose sharks who are awful but other than them i feel like any team could win on any given night i think we really see now this philadelphia team this year they're supposed to be a really bad team, but they've been pretty good this season. They've given a lot of good teams a really tough time. So I think just pulling out a win here, I mean, if you win games five on five every once in a while, like they pretty much dominated Colorado last game and Colorado looked borderline unstoppable at the beginning of the season. I think there's going to be ebbs and flows to any season and the NHL is going to be an extremely competitive league this season. And it's just going to be a dogfight, especially in the Atlantic we're looking at teams like Detroit, Ottawa, and Buffalo, who are all on pretty similar levels. You've got Tampa, Toronto, Boston. Doesn't look like they've missed a step at all. You have Florida, who it's made it wild. to the Cup last year. It's just going to be a complete dogfight. And that's not even mentioning Montreal, who hasn't been playing great hockey, but they're like 5-2-1 and one somehow. They're Jake just pulling Allen. out wins. Yeah, Jake <laughs> Allen just getting them those wins from the goaltending spot. It's good, good it's for Jake good. Allen
2: though, too. Good yeah. for Jake Allen. That, the guy Every time I hear Jake Allen, I hear Josh Allen. Yeah, <laughs> so so I, I automatically have
3: like a little bit of love for him. Uh, <laughs> He's a good dude way. too, Jake. I'm sure Josh is too, but Jake is
2: as well. <laughs> yeah, both both good dudes, I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think we can chalk up Friday as a win, just like based upon the uniform setup, uh, another Goathead night. So 13-1-1, one one. that's going to get us to 6-5, and five. and then, yeah, we go into the evil umpire on Saturday night. Uh, I saw a comment there. I like that take. transition. I like that transition. <laughs> uh, oh, <man. laughs> I saw a comment, hot take, that Le- um, Levi starts Friday and UPL starts Saturday. I don't I'm think saying. that's a hot take, as as we discussed. Like, that, the good thing is that that's not a hot take. Like, I think we'd all feel very comfortable with Levi get, getting his first start in that sick new mask uh, in the Goathead uniforms on, on Friday night. Like, that would be an incredible atmosphere. And I think the building might actually be kind of full. Uh, it's a Flyers game, Friday night, Goathead night. They no, it'll, abs- it'll absolutely be full for Goathead night. Yeah, I, think- I, I hope so, at least. Uh, obviously, it's been a little bit tough to begin the year, and the prices are extravagant. And it's tough to sit in the hundred level. Like, we get that from a middle-class perspective. Like, I'm not telling Sabres fans to go, and it's only going to be full every single night once they really go on a run. But that's a big game, and I really do believe that atmosphere could, could, as you said, it it could be really, really good for for Devin's first game back. Attendance so has we'll been they... tough.
3: Attendance yeah. has been really rough across the league. Like I tell, just yeah, from looking at not, the Canadian markets, here. I I don't think there maybe Toronto. I don't know what Montreal's doing, but there aren't many teams selling out. And the they, Winnipeg is brutal. Eleven thousand, I think, their last few games. It's it's not looking good for attendance at least early in the season.
2: And I mean, like tough times economically for everybody, right? Yeah. Like, and especially at this time of year and everything else that's going on. Like, it makes sense why families can't spend $120 a ticket to go to a hockey game on a Tuesday night. Like, it, it really does make sense. But what's going to fill the building is this team winning games. It always has and it always will. And the city will come back around. Everybody will eventually budget for the fact that they want to go to Sabres games. So I think a win Friday night would go a long way towards that.
0: I think also just building up that season ticket holder base is key. That kind of got decimated after the end of the Eichel era. And once you build that up, it's just so much easier. I mean, just to go to games for cheap too, like the teams that are performing, the resale market gives you cheap tickets. The team's doing well. Like people who have season tickets can make a profit off their tickets. I think once they finally get that, I, I think we'll start to see attendance shoot up in Buffalo. But yeah, like, every every season you just really don't know what you'll get with this team and i think that's a reason so many people are so careful with like committing to full season tickets with this sabers team before they show that they could put together a full season and make it to the playoffs so i think i think hockey in buffalo i think it's going to be on the rise again but i think there's still a lot of fans who are still going to be really skeptical of this team unless they go on like a major winning streak or comfortably in a playoff spot for the majority of the season
1: Yeah. Ruby right here on YouTube wants to talk about Owen power and she's concerned with the mistakes, uh, defensively. We have seen quite a few so far this season. Um, he has taken more chances offensively, that's for sure. But there have been plenty of times we've seen it's already in this young season where he literally makes some like low IQ plays in the defensive zone. And it is getting a little concerning, at least I agree.
2: Um, is, remind me, he's he's 20, 20 years old. <laughs>
1: I mean, I don't care. I mean, it's still no. It's still I am no like,
2: like no, but like it's, it's it can be concerning. And then we could also like look at reasons where he's in areas where he's still developing, right? Uh, I think it's gonna happen. Like he was thrust into a basically a top pair role right after college, and we talk about the same thing with Devin Levi, but he's needed to take a massive role on this team while also learning to play in the NHL simultaneously. You saw Rasmus Dahlin in his first two to three seasons in the league. Defensively, it was somewhat of a nightmare. And as he's developed his game offensively and as he's gotten bigger and as he's gotten more aware in his own zone, he's become a complete player. And I think what we saw from Owen Power tonight, especially joining that rush and having the shot that he does and getting the occasional goal, like he's learning how to play in this league. He's going to have his humps. And I don't think any of us expected him to be a perfect player. Like, I think his contract value is eventually going to be worth it in like two to three seasons when it's at eight point three five million. But right now, like he's still a guy learning how to play. And I'm not excusing it and I'm not saying that it's not concerning, but I think it's at least understandable given how few games he still has as a professional hockey player.
0: I do think with Owen Power, I think most nights This season, I do think he's been the saver's best defenseman, which is crazy to say when you have Rasmus Dahlin on the same blue line. But I think Owen Powers had some great games this year. I think defensively he makes mistakes once in a while, but I think he's much improved than where he's at last year. And that finishing ability, too, I think that's kind of like the last step he needs to take to enter that like Rasmus Dahlin top-end defenseman territory because he gets to the spots. He just hasn't been able to score the goals. So I it's think getting tonight. that goal tonight, yeah, was huge. I mean, just perfectly placed shot. Like Once he works on that, I think the Sabres are just going to be able to run with like that one-two threat that really no one else in the NHL can compete with if both guys continue to hit their ceiling. I think also with a guy like Owen Power, you can just toss him. With Rasmus Dahlin, if the game's tied or you're down by one goal, I saw the Sabres do it a few times tonight. That's just – Almost an unstoppable duo on the back end with just the offense they can provide, and Dalene's been great defensively, and I think Powers getting better too. So it, that's just going to be a scary combo in the future.
3: I don't know about you guys, yeah, but the I, most the most fun player types of players to watch for me are defensemen, just to see them develop over the course of their careers. And I think the prime example for, the, for me that stands out is Victor Hedman. I don't know if you guys remember watching him early on in his career, but it was not good defensively. Like he he took a while to to get his legs underneath them and I think that's the hardest part for defensemen defenseman coming into the league is learning the defensive side of the puck and having those offensive abilities just innately in his game for Owen Power is such a great sign because he doesn't have to learn that stuff right it's it's the tougher stuff that he kind of has to go through now and and get those uh you know get his legs under him like I said but seeing how they go these defensemen go from sort of you know minimal impact players to just you know, just horses on the quarter, you know, quarterbacking the power play and stuff is, it's so fascinating for me to see when you have a young, you know, 20 year old defenseman, like Owen power uh, compared to when he, you know, what we're going to see from him when he's 26, 27, it's going to be really fun to watch him develop.
1: Yep. I I agree. Uh, again, to Ruby's point, the defensive mistakes are going to happen. Um, it's not for a lack of ability or, you know, you know, that he's just not good in his own end. I just think it's going to come with more time and experience. And let's face it, his rookie year, he was playing 25 minutes a night. <laughs> like Defending you know, is hard in the NHL it, too. It, it I
2: don't is. know if you guys yeah. realize it. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Defending Pretty is tough. really, really hard. A lot of, as we
2: said, a lot of skill in this league.
3: Yeah. yeah. Yep. But but I, I laugh when I like analyze goalies sometimes because it's like, you're asking me to nitpick these guys who are up against the most supreme talent that you've ever seen in your life. So it's just, for me, it's the same with defensemen, right? You're asking of course, there's going to be mistakes when you're 20 years old. You're up against yeah. the best hockey players in the world. So, yeah, you can't really hyperanalyze too much when it comes to these young defensemen.
1: Yeah, and look at some of the best goalies that are drafted high in the draft, like Spencer Knight, for instance. Like, you know, granted, he's, the road he's taken to start of his career, um, you know, is, isn't is um, try trying to be sensitive to, obviously – what he's been through, but it isn't what was expected. Um, But it just goes to show that, like, mentally that position, and I've always said this, mentally the goalie position is probably the most difficult in all of uh, professional sports right next to being a pitcher because the game can be won and lost like that strictly because of you. A, 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 A pitcher could give up six runs in one inning and lose the game right then and there, it could dig you a hole, and a goalie could give up like four goals on seven shots.
3: Yeah. And well, another good comparison would be like a would be yeah. like a golfer's swing, right? Yeah. It could it could all your mechanics could all just fall apart in the in the last half of your game, and yeah, there goes all of the good work that you just built up for that entire game, right? So it's exactly it's a fickle fickle position, and you got to be able to deal with it.
1: A, a mistake made by a forward or defenseman, yeah, it might lead to a goal, but you go back to your bench, you tire your coaches, pump your tires back up. Go, goal, you're out on an island by yourself. You just are. You are. You know, the team's celebrating around you after they score on you. You got a, sire, a, a siren going or a red light, you know, giving you a sunburn on the back. Not everyone can like, deal with that. No, not everybody can deal with a, that. It takes
2: a real psycho to play that position, huh? <laughs> it really does. And, and a real idiot. <laughs> asking, you know, a 20, 21,
1: 22, 23 year old goaltender to step in and just a big role and think that they're going to be Hendrick Lundquist in year one, two, or three, you're out of your damn mind. It just yeah. it just doesn't happen. It just doesn't which, happen. Which is
2: why like I was which is why I was hesitant about like potentially expecting Devin Levi to play 50, 55 games this season. Like I really did not think that was the best idea for his career moving forward. Like I think we all agreed he should not have started that fourth straight game against the Flames and he ended up getting hurt after it and he didn't look sharp. He looked a little bit worn out. It looked like a schedule that he wasn't necessarily used to. He wasn't nearly as sharp as we saw him at the end of last season with all that adrenaline coming off the college season. So you really do have to be careful. I mean, with a defenseman like Owen Power, like obviously he's a physical freak. His frame is perfect for the NHL. He reminds me of a young Victor Hedman. Obviously he's got the size. He's got the skating. He's got the playmaking ability. But as we said, like even a a team like the Flyers, they don't have – an insane amount of high-end offensive talent, but they still have a guy like Travis Sanheim and Travis Connecty and these guys that are still largely the best hockey players in the world, even if they're not the best hockey players in this league or this conference. It's still very, very difficult, and I think we do need to preach a little patience with nitpicking Owen Power and some of the mistakes he makes at his own end, or if a goal goes off him like it happened like, six times last season in very unlu- in, in a very unlucky fashion. Like We need to be really careful with a guy like him or Devin Levi judging them too quickly because it is going to take some time. And <laughs> we signed Owen Power to an eight-year contract the night before this season. So we're going to have this kid for a long time. Let's let him develop. Let's let him work through his issues. And I think we can all be very confident in four to five years him being yep. a top five, top ten defenseman in the league.
1: Now, uh, Walt, before we get to your thoughts, uh, I know we've kept you a little bit longer expect to Greg so I appreciate you hopping on I know you have a, a kid to go put to bed yeah so. I'm gonna
3: I'm gonna dip out now I think but uh, appreciate you guys having me on as uh no I
1: appreciate coming you coming with us bud you're the more welcome chat. to this with the this show anytime you want bud I Yeah, anytime you need shows. me absolutely uh that is Greg Ballack from Ingold Magazine go check him out at Greg Ballack on Twitter or go check out Ingold Magazine where he is a contributor for Walt your thoughts
0: I, yeah, I think with the Sabres team this year, I th- I do want to say with goaltending, I think like the expectations, I feel like a lot of Sabres fans kind of forget like what an average goalie in this league looks like, what an average backup goalie looks like. I feel like with the guy like UPL, the expectations that people had for him were like almost way too high that almost every time he let in a goal that he maybe should have saved is like, oh, I can't believe. They're doing this. I can't believe UPL is playing. I just think the expectations are way too high. So I think when a team like the Sabres, which has been getting slightly above league average goaltending, which is pretty much all we wanted for this team to succeed, I think there's just a little too much focus on kind of like the micro mistakes rather than like the macro picture, which is just winning at five on five, like having your top guys consistently play well. Like at the micro level, I'm not really sure there's too much wrong with this team. I think like Don Granado always says, it's really just about playing the Sabres game, like getting to your game and just being able to do that consistently. And I think at this point, I think that's really the only thing this team has left to do is just getting to their game. Like, I don't really think they're lacking like a certain defenseman or lacking a certain forward in the rest of their lineup. It's just about the guys they have here right now just getting to their game and winning hockey games. And I think they do have the talent to do that. It's just all about execution at this point.
1: Uh, I'm going to the game Saturday, evil empire. I hate the Leafs more than you, Dwayne, bunch of losers. I, I don't know if you like the Moilies more than I do. Yo,
2: Mauricio. I,
1: I don't know about that, but like, like, well, I, like I've like i said, I've, I've told this, you know, a couple of times on this show, but Back when we I was like
2: the leave equally, right? Well, I
1: mean, yeah, sure. I guess, yeah, sure we can. Uh, but I used to go around finding cars from with Ontario license plates when I was when I was younger, wiping you know, lotion on the bottom of the door handles, saran wrapping the cars. <laughs> I was a different so you, level. Your, your
2: hate, your hate goes as deep as vandalizing, I see.
1: Yes, yes. <laughs> Yeah. So, anybody, any Toronto fan that's listened to the show that had that happen to their vehicle in the late '90s, early 2000s, I hope your I hope your address
2: <laughs> is I hope your address isn't easily like findable on the internet. Come, <laughs> fi- come, come,
1: find me. Let's go. I mean. <laughs> I got, lot, I, got a, I got a lot of receipts to answer for, i put it that way. I can I um,
2: very easily expect a drunk Canadian fan after a Bills game straight to Depew to find your door handle. If they go to Depew, they will not find me. Um, <laughs> oh, I thought, oh, right. I forgot you're in Tonawanda. He's in Tanawanda everybody. Yeah,
1: that's right. I'm in Tonawanda. I'm not telling you where, though. <laughs> uh, before before we finish up here, just remind everybody that Fanny beer is Western New York's craft beer market tap room. 300 beers to choose from at seven different Western New York locations. And they're open daily, seven days a week, from 1130 a.m. till 1030. And even later, live music and events often. And follow all their socials at Fatty Beer on Twitter, or now known as X. Facebook and Instagram. And most importantly, the most important thing, not only are they kid friendly, but they are dog friendly. Also don't forget to uh, check out Buffalo logo apparel at Buffalo logo on Twitter and Instagram. Some of the best locally designed bills and sabers apparel. Um, I know we we uh, went over that some t- some of that stuff on the pregame show, but I can't stress it enough. They have some really cool merchandise. Go check them out. I highly suggest, highly highly suggest the NHL Shield Buff uh, Snapback Hat that they uh, that they have um, online. Definitely highly suggest it. Uh, any final thoughts from you guys uh, as we close things out here? Heading into our site, the second of the home and home against Philly. Um, heading into the evil empire that is the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, a game I've had circle on my schedule since the start since they came out. Uh, any final
2: thoughts? Uh, real quick going off our new sponsors, uh, checks out that we get a huge win and a really good pregame uh post-game show with the new sponsors. So a couple clicks for that. Uh yep, that's awesome. There we go. Batty beer is amazing. Go. Head down there. I've been there a few times in Buffalo. I'm not there often, but every time I am. Uh, somebody's always doing something there at any of the locations, they've got like a million. So definitely check them out. Uh, we talked about a six K shirt, uh, with Buffalo logo. I think we should just do that. Right. Yeah. Let's get, let's get, let's get on that. Yeah. Um, anyone have any graphic design ideas? We can, we can workshop something. We really need to get that nickname. Keep going. Uh, I think that's ours or at least it's mine. And I think we need to build that up as much as possible. Um, transitioning off that. I personally would like to see UPL on Friday. I think you keep it going with him. But great problem to have if you put Levi in there, his go-ahead debut on a Friday night against the Flyers. I think that's a good option too. So I'm excited mm-hmm. to see what they decide to do. Uh, five and five through 10, as we said. Panic button, potentially press. Cool pressed as
1: early. a breeze, baby. Uh, <laughs>
2: potentially press too early, but at the same time, yeah. uh, a lot of people were upset and they were deservedly upset. So it's good this team has figured out how to win in a variety of different ways, which I don't think uh, anyone expected of them coming into this year, that you expected the defense to be a little bit better. But aside from Devin Levi, I don't think anyone expected UPL to steal a game when they were outshot by 25, 30 shots. That was really, really impressive tonight. So we'll see where they go from here. But uh, a win like that is obviously massive and yeah, big weekend ahead. Looking forward to it.
0: Yeah, I think 5-5 five and five record. I mean, after that Calgary loss where they were 1-3, and three, I, I think I'll take 5-5 five and five and hope this team continues to find its groove and can finally make it to the playoffs for the first time in, I think, 12 or twelve years at this point, 13 years. So I, I'm pretty happy with how the season's gone so far, and I really look forward to following this team for the rest of the year.
1: You guys might, might be too young for this, but that, uh, there was a movie called How Stella Got Her Groove Back, how Oopy got his groove back is uh, the new, the new <laughs> phrase. How Oopy or how Donnie got his groove back. I feel like uh, that, uh, that, could be a,
2: that could be a copyright thing, but we'll look into it. We've yeah, learned. we can look into it. We can look into it. Our lawyers. Uh,
1: yeah, I, again, I, I, I think it might be UPL on Friday. Uh, I'm sorry. I think it'll be Levi on Friday at home where he might feel a little bit more comfortable. Um, and then UPL on Saturday, um, but we'll see. Um, I don't know how he's looked in practice since coming back from the injury. Maybe it will be UPL and then Levi in Toronto uh, against the hated Leafs um, where I will still be just as loud, no matter who the goalie is, and just as ignorant and just as mean to Leafs fan, Leafs Nation. Uh, it's all a good love, though, guys. I know we do have some Leafs fans that listen to the show. So um, actually, speaking of which, um, I did meet a fan, Hurls today. Oh, yeah. I met a fan. Um I'm sorry, I, I, his name His name escapes me. I'm sorry. Uh, actually, no, I'm sorry. It was, uh, yeah, it was today. Uh, let me look it up. Uh, I definitely want to give him a shout out. Because... The only fan
2: you've ever met in public and you forget his name.
1: No, it's not the only fan I've ever met in public. But um, give me give me one second here. We were texting a little bit earlier. Um, yep, yeah, here we go. Uh, Randy Dullen. Uh, so, Randy, it's nice meeting you earlier today uh, at that Speedway. While I was at work, uh, I was talking hockey with one of the managers, and he was asking about the podcast and how it was going. And he goes, what podcast? I was like, oh, two goalies. And he's like, oh, I listen to you guys all the time. So, Randy, awesome meeting you, and uh, thanks for listening. And thanks for all of our listeners. But uh, with that being said, uh, I think we'll wrap things up here. I am Dwayne for Connor Hurley and, of course, Walt also known as Sabermetrics on Twitter. Give him a follow at Sabermetrics. Uh, I am Dwayne. I'll hang up and listen. Sabers win 5-2. to two. You guys have a great night, and we will talk to you on Friday. Uh, and I want to take us out here with the song um, by Snakeland from uh, Lead on Drums, producer Steve. The song, uh, this is the new adult contemporary Uh Let them take us out uh, for the remainder of the show. Again, guys, had a blast tonight. Thank you again, Walt. Thank you to Greg Ballack, and we will see you guys later. Have a good night. right
2: i Connie the host of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. We focus on Canada and the challenges facing Canadian radio and TV, as well as highlighting those moving the industry forward from podcasting and streaming to new broadcast tech. Check us out at broadcastdialogue.com or your favourite podcast app.
3: The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers.